Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to Craft Heads Podcast, episode 151. Craft Heads Podcast is the podcast about nothing, but also everything where each episode is something different. A couple episodes ago, I got those reversed, I think. What did you say? I think I said about everything, but also nothing, which is incorrect. (laughs) But anyway. But kind of fun. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're going to do a download here. Tara's on the mic with us, and um, obviously Tommy's here as well. We're going to tell you about our sojourn up to New Hampshire that Tara and I took. We've been wanting to check out that state and, you know, just see see what it's all about. I didn't want to just romanticize it in our heads as a, a potential place to relocate one day. It's a really cool place, but, um, you know, we crammed a lot into a long, long weekend and we have a lot of shout outs, but we're going to do them chronologically. It just makes more sense as we tell you about New Hampshire, Tommy. And I have a couple of questions for you as well, but... Um, in other words, if if we told you we were going to give you a shout out and we spoke to you like just yesterday or the day before, it'll be toward the end of the podcast and vice versa. It is October 18th and um, I will start with a non-New Hampshire shout out. So very close to us here in Atlanta, we have a place called uh, Mutation Brewing, which is uh, on Roswell Road. And we've been meaning to try it out. And we finally did. I think it was a, a week and a half ago, something like that. And we met Mikey and Kaylee. That's Kaylee with a K. To differentiate from Kaylee with a C, our friend and guest. We have three mighty beers from them. They're 32-ounce crawlers. We may or may not get through them. Probably not on, on the air. But um, That's 100 ounces of beer. Yeah, not, <laughs> not in this amount of time. But thank you, Tommy. We... Um, I would have loved to bring home some beer from New Hampshire because, Tommy, holy shit, New Hampshire has some incredible beer, and you just wait. But uh, <laughs> we, we flew on JetBlue, so we only had a single personal item, so that was completely out of the question. So without further ado... <laughs> Tara just shook her head whenever you said JetBlue. <laughs> it's hard as a woman to go on a five-day trip with just a personal item. Like, this is just the item that goes... In front of your toes, underneath yeah. the seat in front of you. Yeah. The no carry-on, nothing. You get nothing. I have a duffel bag for that reason, mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. And it, I can normally fit quite a bit of I, shit in there. I was going to say, it's tough for a guy, too, honestly. Like, I had a, a full-ass backpack bursting at the seams, and I was out of stuff by the end. But anywho, um, Mikey and Kaylee, we had a great time visiting uh, last weekend. So thank you so much. The brews are awesome. If you're an Atlanta native or even from nearby, Mutation is absolutely worth checking out. So we're going to drink these great Atlanta beers while we're talking about New Hampshire. Um, in addition to Mikey and Kaylee, though, you had me be your errand bitch. And, Thank you. Um, <laughs> and pick up the beer tonight. I prefer mule, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, mule bitch, same thing. <laughs> um, uh, and I asked if Mikey and Kaylee were in Mutation when I walked in, and no, Mikey's brother Chris was there, and... What a knowledgeable fellow he is, and he hooked us up with an extra crowler, uh, gave us the buy two, get one free, and uh, Alex is spilling beer everywhere. (laughs) That was amazing. We could not rehearse that. But uh, thank you, Chris, for being so pleasant with me, and I can't wait to come patron the place. Absolutely. So, Tommy, we're going to start off with the, uh, what is this called here? The Midnight Train to Munich. It's an Oktoberfest or a Marzen. And it's a 5.4 ABV. I'm going to pour a little bit for everybody here. But uh, as what, I'm what pour- happened there? Why did you spill? It's, it's when you try and pour up a, a slow a, pour, a big girthy <laughs> can like this slowly, 
it's gonna you're gonna have a bad time yeah because it just runs down the side gotcha. so cheers you guys to mutation mm. you first tommy uh, all right well i kind of have a little bit of um a bias here because chris said he's had a lot of people tell him that like brewery knowledgeable people that uh said that this marzen is extremely good and right off the bat it's it, it has a more drinkability than a typical oktoberfest to me i agree it is yummy <laughs> good 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 review tara thank you for that <laughs> no 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 i mean like it's like savory you know like it's not I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I agree. It is better than your average Marson. Mm-hmm. 100%. I did tell Chris that I was going to be hard on the beers because I said that you are normally like, you like everything and I need to be like, bring you back down to earth. Tommy, I'm so glad you said that because we'll get to this. I have some not great feedback about a couple of things in New Hampshire okay, and even uh, one specific brewery I had like kind of a weird thing so and I remember telling Tara I was drunk I was like Tommy always tells me he's like I need to be more critical <laughs> so I brought some critical feedback and okay. it's constructive critical feedback okay but um without further ado we covered mutation we got our shout outs in there Tara and um so and how long would we gone four or five days something like that yeah I think so so we flew in in the episode is called New Hampshire but I have to uh, start off the listeners and you, Tommy, with we did we putzed around a little bit in Boston as well. Oh, by the way, real quick, um, I should say, and we should tell our mutation folks that we'll be trying the other two beers as this episode goes on. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you because I don't want them to tune out and be like, wow, that was bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, anyways, um, we got to Boston late at night and we stayed. We actually had an amazing beginning because there is a little spot northeast of the city, it's like a tiny little Um, like a seaside community overlooking Boston Harbor called Winthrop. Mm. And I immediately thought of you and Claire, Tommy, because it is, it's so crazy how close it is to the city. I mean, it's, it's close to downtown practically as we are here to our city, but it seriously feels like you're at the beach and it's like this beautiful little picturesque seaside town. So if you, anybody who's ever going to Boston for the first time, the Boston. Don't they have cliffs there? Like the Boston has I've never been to Boston before, actually. That I don't know. Okay. I mean, we didn't we didn't do a ton of exploring other than like walked around Winthrop for a little bit and like watched planes take off and land from a cafe that was like right there mm-hmm. across the water. It was just that was a really cool place. But we did um, we walked to we we drove downtown and we wanted to look at a couple of breweries because you know like when you have limited time, I figured that would make sense. I wanted to hit one small small crafty boy, and I was like, if we have time. It's very cliche, but we should go to Sam Adams Tap Room. Mm-hmm. So we went and found uh, Democracy Brewing, Tara. Democracy Brewing. First shout out, Chris and Steph. We met them there. We uh, met Chris first. He was tending the bar. Um, and we had a couple of really good brews there. Um, sampled a couple IPAs, a lager. Uh, shit. What was my favorite, Tara, was the Blonde Ale. Wasn't it uh, the Working Man's Blonde Ale? I think so. And then I ended up getting, um, oh gosh, was it a Pilsner? Or no, was it a Hefeweizen? No, you got a, a Hell's Lager. I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, H-E-L-L-E-S. Hell's. Hell's. It's, it's just Hell's, actually. Hell's? Okay, yeah. perfect. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it was. Boy, do I hope we're not getting any of this wrong because we got a lot to cover and I don't want to <laughs> bore Tommy to death as we just spew all this on him. But 
the uh, that, it was a really cool brewery. Uh, we could smell it as we were approaching it, like all the them brewing the fresh stuff. And whenever he was opening up the vats, which were just down from where we were sitting, that was a cool experience. Really nice people. Yeah, aesthetically, that was a really cool bar to be in. And I also liked so. Um, I was trying to do some like walkability like through Boston as well. So we went to this one first because um, we parked so close to the Sam Adams tap room. And then we ended up walking into a park right across the street and kind of like, you know, walk the drunk off a little bit. And <laughs> I've done Alex, that before. Okay. So I've, we have cool pictures to show you obviously. Um, but he went on Google maps and found the cheers set mm-hmm. room thing. So we walked down there, obviously super, super busy. So that, when I watch Cheers, it'll be relevant. Um, and then we... Okay, thanks, Grandma. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, so then we went to the Sam Adams Tap Room. Uh, oh, it's Hellas. Sorry. <laughs> and did you, I backed off, and I was like, wait, maybe Hellas before, because yeah. I figured German. So there you go. Thank you for checking, Tommy. Appreciate that. So we don't. We only sound like idiots for, you know, 60 or 90 seconds there. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, we, we stopped by the, uh, Cheers, and it was cool, but too crowded. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I, we didn't have a beer. But uh, anyways, walked our way back to Sam Adams. And by the way, I had to do the, I had to drink like 70 to 75% of the beer because Tara was driving. You know, and like, you know, we weren't going to, we had a lot of driving to do that day. So we went there and got three flights of four. I thought we got two flights of four. Um, Or 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 two flights of five, because there were 10, I think. There were, what's really cool, and Democracy was very fair about this. They said, you know, don't dismiss them just because they're bigger. And they are independent still, Sam Adams, which is awesome. So, um, they have in the tap room exclusive beers that they brew there in the tap room, and you can't get them anywhere else. That's mm. the only place you can get them. So I just straight up told the guy, Connor, with the beautiful hair, um, <laughs> shout out one at Sam Adams. He said, uh, he explained the exclus- exclusivity thing, and they also had like a house beer. So we just tried all of those. And Tara, do you remember what your favorite one was? You actually got to try an 11th one because I got another taste afterward. Um, I want to say... I want to say um, the one that I thought that was very, very interesting, and um, I think Alex and I both agreed we saw a trend maybe forming while we were up in the New England area. It was the Great Gratsky. So if anyone's in Boston or going to Boston, get that one if they still have it. Um, but it is a smoked beer. Mm. Yeah, and, and infused with smoke? I, I didn't inquire, and I should have, because it was a... It was definitely a theme that we noticed in New Hampshire. There were three different breweries that had three different smoked beers. So it's definitely a thing. And you heard it here on Craft Heads first. I think it'll, it will probably make it make its way down here. You just wait. I'm, I'm real interested to see what happens there. It'll migrate. But um, <laughs> by the way, that great Gratsky was, um, that was not one of the exclusives. That was a, a bonus 11th beer that I tried because I wanted to get a uh, Crowler to go, which I did, of the Boston Brick Red, and we drank that later. That was very good. But of the exclusives, I think one of the wildest ones was probably the the Ricky Sour Milkshake IPA. What the fuck? I can't explain to you what it <laughs> tasted like. All I, okay, so I'll just say it, it's showcasing prominent lime and raspberry flavors with an unexpected or an expectedly tart finish. Contains lactose. It was just one of the most interesting things I had there. My favorite one, and not just because it was the strongest, was the Vindicator. Their Doppelbach. It was 9.1%, but I just, 
it was the most delicious. But some of the other really cool ones, um, there was a Negroni-ish, and it was a cocktail-inspired red ale brewed with gentian root, Damn. juniper berries, anise, mint, and orange peel. So it was like a Sam cocktail. Adam's doing it big. Dude, this, I was insanely impressed with the yeah. Sam Adams tap room. They're doing some real crafty shit for being like a macro, yeah. micro brewery. They also yeah. did, so yeah. another one that made, um, for me, um, what was it? Giles Spiced Batch, exclusive. It is a spiced alt beer, brewed in collaboration with one of their friends from Deacon Giles Distillery in Salem. So that one had a very boozy cocktail taste as well because of, you know, obviously the distillery. Yep, and I would argue um, the best coffee, maybe the best coffee beer I've ever had was their House Blend 2022 House Beer. It was an American Porter 5.2%, and they featured Space Cadet cold brew beans from their friends at Atomic Roasters. So just great beers across the board. And whenever I went down to get that uh, Crowler, I did meet two really cool folks. Uh, I met Serena. Uh, She was sitting at like the bar downstairs, and she was talking to the bartender, Kyle. And I found out that she actually worked there. She was just drinking there as well. And I was chatting them both up. She took a picture of my shirt because I ran out of business cards at that particular bar. It was really cool. So shout out to both of you guys. And um, the coolest thing about that encounter, she was telling Kyle some wild story. I can't remember what it was. And I said, boy, I entered this conversation at, at an interesting point. And we just started chatting for a couple minutes. And she kind of blindsided me with this really cool question that I, I told her, I was like, I can't give you an answer to my satisfaction here on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm still not sure if I've had enough time to dedicate to it. But she said, what is the most interesting thing you've ever done? Mm-hmm. Because I, I said that from, from my estimation, I've had an above average interesting life. Like yeah. I think I do enough things to consider myself unusual and hopefully weird. I hope people think I'm weird. So, um, <laughs> well, just by the way you look, no doubt. Well, exactly. And <laughs> once again, heard it here first. Uh, I'm going to popularize the Jeffrey Dahmer look. Now that that shows on Netflix, dude, <laughs> holy shit. So anyways, uh, Tommy, I most did, viewed thing on Netflix, by the way, ever. Did you know that? What? Yeah. It beat out Bridgerton, Stranger Things and, uh, something else. Perfect. Like, yeah. I'm glad you were here for that, that morsel of information. But before I do mine, Tommy, um, and, and she specifically said the most interesting thing you've ever done. So I tried to st- stray away from like about me or facts, but it's like things that I can say that I concrete did. Do you yeah. have any contributions? I, I do. Uh, Alex, he did give me a little time to prepare for this. I wrote down um, things that were travel related, and I wrote down things that weren't travel related because, of course, so did I. Yeah, because, <laughs> nice. I just didn't know which. Like, like obviously, you do the most uh, some really interesting things when you travel, but we talk about travel a lot on this mm-hmm. show, so I didn't know if you wanted me to avoid the travel thought, mm-hmm. Tara. I'll go first. Are we saying them or not? Are we just like I, I saying to this? Let Tommy, go first. No, no, no. It's fine. Well, please. I was gonna say on the vein of Tommy talking about travel related and then non-travel related. Mine's kind of both, and I've told you this before. Um, but when we were visiting my aunt, and uncle, when they lived in California, we went to Yosemite, the mm-hmm. park, and we were able. My uncle, oh my gosh, they were able to get us a camp spot the night before, and we hiked Half Dome. Mm-hmm. to the top of that the next day. And That's I don't know how cool. many people can say they've done that, but that 
when you realize how many people have died climbing that, and then when you look at everything around you and you realize it's real and not fake and not like some Hollywood backdrop, it's just insane. It's you just guys, humbling. The amount of times that you guys have hiked Blood Mountain is a very interesting fact about you. Wait until we get to something in New Hampshire. But oh, yes. okay. Yeah, that's Blood right. Blood Mountain is yeah. a fucking joke. Oh, okay. It's a joke. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, Tara yeah. look, you're going to die just thinking yeah, about you, it. You can see the paint on her face. <laughs> Do you have any more that you want to add, honey? No, that's literally it. But it's from the stuff that Tara tells me, it does sound really cool, and I want to do that with her one day. Tommy, go ahead. I, I'm going to avoid the travel thing, and she did say what's the most. I just can't really pick something. I have a it's, list that I'm going to fly tough. through. Yeah. How about what's the most interesting to you? Um, and, and here's an important thing to think about. Okay. I think one of the reasons I couldn't answer her on the fly was because I kept comparing myself to her. Mm-hmm. And from what I heard, she was going to beat me. She yeah. had it empirically more interesting. Or, yeah. well, no, not empirically, but I would think she probably beats me. And that's dumb. Like, yeah. If it's interesting to you, then it deserves to be said. Um, I, I'm going to say that the most interesting thing that's happened to me and I, I, one of my claim to fames is I actually won a sweepstakes um, when, in 2015. What, what was her name again? Uh, Serena. Serena. I I was voting for the MLB All-Stars, and uh, there was on the website, on MLB.com, and at the bottom of the website, there was a little box that says, check here if you want to be enter- entered into the sweepstakes. And obviously that's just something you click, and then you go, well, I'll, I'll never hear anything about that. Well, I actually won, uh, got to represent the Tampa Bay Rays with my dad at the 2015 MLB All-Star Game in Cincinnati. But not only that, I got to star in a commercial for uh, eSurance, the um, insurance company. And I said, my claim to fame in that commercial was that I said, the the home run high five that you give fans after a home run at a baseball game is the most interesting high five or no, I said the it's, it's the best high five in the world. Yeah. So that, that, that's my thing. I would probably we, say we got to dig that commercial up and if it's, I'm sure I can find it somewhere. And I have it. I have it. We'll put it. Well, like if it's on YouTube or something, we'll it put is. it at link. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Anything else? Talk? Don't, I mean, don't shy away. You can gloss past it. I'm going to go. The, the other two things I had that were really quick, but every, a bunch of other people have done this too, is I've skydived before from like the highest that you're allowed to go. And um, I also think that something that's really interesting for people, and I, you and I have both done it, is karaoke at Dark Horse. Oh, shit, yeah. Here in Atlanta, yeah. Getting in front of however many people, it's probably 200, 300 people. You gotta have balls, man. You gotta have balls, and you're actually a lead singer for a band. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's like you're a rock star for for yeah. a moment, yeah. Which did, is cool. I did enter the Sandman, Metallica, uh, uh, whenever we went a month or two ago, and it was invigorating. Mm-hmm. And, and I was rocking my my crazy long red hair, which was really awesome to to headbang to. Were you going <laughs> to add something, Tara? Nope. Okay. What's well, yours, I'm an Alex? Interesting person. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to fly through this list. Um, I have a bunch of tr- interesting travel stories, but that's boring for people to hear. <laughs> here, here are the personal silly ones. This one is debatable, but I'm saying it's an action. I graduated college with a black eye. Ah, yeah, that's nice. That was interesting because <laughs> I because I got into a fight a week before graduation. My dad was not happy. Um, 
I have flown, you said skydiving. I've flown in a tiny Cessna with my uncle. It's, I still look back on that. I don't know how I did that because I'm terrified of flying. Like I'm not a great flyer and those things are, everything's trying to kill you. It's crazy. So that for me, that was very interesting. Um, I have started or co-started three podcasts (laughs) now. Uh, The previous one I did about video games and then I even did one for a law firm here in Atlanta and they are still to this day running it. Like I launched it, got it going, did several dozen episodes, they're still doing it. I did a 10 mile run and drank 10 Guinnesses on said run. That's kind of crazy when I look back on that. Without without stopping? Like you well, ran you stop, the whole time? You stop at a, at a pub, have a beer. It was an ATL pub run, like a St. Patrick's Day thing. It was freaking crazy. But I was, I was also like 22 or 23. And um, I have seen, <laughs> Tara and I have seen Steel Panther four times in concert. That's really excessive. Who? Yeah. <laughs> he was asking me earlier and I'm like trying to go down like the litany of things that would be interesting, not only to, you know, maybe other people, but like just him. I'm like, hey, I'm like, we've seen Steel Panther four times. That's freaking weird. and Cool. I don't know. <laughs> Seeing any group four times is a lot. Yeah. You it's, become a group. You're a groupie at that we, point. We should be roadies, but that would probably be really crazy with Steel Panther. So Anyways, I have a one final thing that I haven't done Please. that I want to do that will make people will make you an interesting person is I want to fly in a private jet at some point in my life. Oh, same here. I don't know when it'll happen, but yeah. I feel like it will. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think so as well. Yeah. I like that. And hopefully it's with like Wiz Khalifa. So I'm like just baked the entire time, you know, that would be something weird. And, and listen to Wiz like, um, what, take a plane or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, off the deal or no deal. There was a, a really good. This plane. Yeah. That's it. The, he has take a plane as well. Okay. Well, yeah, that was 28 grams, right? Yep. yep. Okay. So anyways. <laughs> the, <laughs> I've seen Wiz twice in concert. Does that make me a groupie? Um, flying through the travel stuff. Uh, Monteverde zip lining in Costa Rica. Uh, going to see the cherry blossom trees in Japan. And then a Poly Coast raft tour in Hawaii. And then the other travel thing is going to be on this podcast. And it is. it might be... As good or better than those things. Uh, weirdest foods I've had are kangaroo and lamb testicles. Not together. <laughs> um, I have a category here that I can't talk about on the podcast. Anything that's illegal. I don't want to record it on the air, but I have some fun things there. Illegal and or frowned upon. And here's a hilarious one for any gamers out there. Serena, this will probably be of very little interest to you because it's insanely niche, but... Uh, I have the Bladder of Steel achievement in Rock Band, and I have the Seven Day Survivor achievement in the original Dead Rising. And oh, all you need to know yeah. about that is those are incredible feats of gaming endurance. Um, what was the? How long is the Seven Day Survival again? You can't save, and each day is two hours of gameplay. So fourteen straight, straight with okay. Nick P. Yeah. And we had this like harrowing moment in the wee hours of the night when I would like almost fell asleep with the controller in my hand and I was about to die. And Nick P like screamed at me and kicked me and I like freaked out and I drank an orange juice and survived. It was great. Um, (laughs) But the bladder of steel might be more insane. So you couldn't save in dead rising, but bladder of steel, it's the entire rock band set list. You can't pause. You can't have a controller die. And I, you can't pause. Yeah. It's like nonstop five or six hours of playing rock band. You can't fail. This was rock band or guitar? Rock era? band. Rock, rock band had a shit ton of songs. You can't fail either. 
And how I, many hours is it that? It might have, I think it has to be on expert. Um, probably like five to seven. I did it with my freshman year RA. <laughs> and we like planned it. It was at the end of the year. And I was like, all right, bro, it's time. We were looking forward to it. So anybody who gets any value out of that, I hope you enjoy it. Whenever I thought of that, I was like, yeah, I, those achievements are fun. That, I told him that too. I literally told him today. I was like, you're insanely good at video games. I know you're an achievement whore. And I'm like, what about your video game achievements? Like even just like the quantity of them, like the sheer volume that you have. But I didn't know you were going to go dig in the recesses for something that... Um, admirable you for sure like i had a, a vast friends list on my xbox you were you had like double the amount of anybody on my friends list gamer, right. gamer score yeah. wise and then achievement i wise. and then i plateaued and i was like why am i doing this and <laughs> I, I still have my moments with certain things but anyways um that serena i i have no idea if i met your expectations i'm certain i didn't exceed them but uh we really enjoyed uh, meeting everybody there at the tap room. Just had a great time. Uh, the one thing that I fucking hated about Boston was parking. Mm-hmm. Finding a spot was impossible. And like parking in a garage was legit like $40 for two hours. Mm. And, and I can't tell you how close we were to saying, let's just leave. And I, The I, city? Yeah. <laughs> like we were just going to, I was like, I'm not paying $40 for parking. And then we found a spot and that worked out. So, but everybody there will echo that same sentiment they're like yeah it's really bad here for parking yeah i agree and i i was telling alex so one of the phenomenon too is everywhere there's a bunch of uh it literally looks like civilian vehicles like you know your car our car whatever they're all parked but they're parked in areas that say loading and unloading only no parking like only commercial vehicles are allowed to park here and that was everywhere and i'm like well there's a shitload of people parking but he was lobbying me and he's like just park just park and i'm like oh, it would be our luck to be those people getting freaking towed mm-hmm. i'm like it would be us mm-hmm. it would be us and, it, and it's a rent rental it's car? a rental and yeah, i was like we're gonna get that. yeah i'm like we don't want to frick ourselves in the beginning the very first frick, day what the hell the of fuck? our of our five-day trip shut up i'm being ostracized so I'm trying not to scare away our new listeners. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. So anyways, we're crossing the border now into New Hampshire. I'm like drunk at this point in the car. And we're, we have a couple hour drive up to where we were staying and um, I'm pouring some more beers. This uh, th- appropriately enough, this next beer from mutation is called liquid hop magma. <laughs> and it is a new England IPA, uh, 6% ABV. So, this will be the perfect way to start this off, but we're driving to a town called Ashland, or Ashland, however it was pronounced. It's near Plymouth. It's pretty centrally located in the state, and the whole idea was to stay in a place where we could sort of drive out and back to different locations, and it wouldn't take up too, too much time. For those of you who have never looked at New Hampshire on a map, which is probably a lot of people, it's actually really small, and you can get to anywhere in the state, even the farthest reaches in a, in a few hours. So we got to Glen House Inn, which was the place that I booked two or three nights before we left. I always joke about this, that Claire would just have an aneurysm if she knew the way that we travel. Because we planned, the only thing I bought months ago were the flights. That was it. And I will admit, Tommy, when I told you I had to book all that stuff, I was on my phone for a solid two and a half hours. Like, ooh, it's pretty slim pickings. <laughs> but, we, but I always find something. And this place, it is the quintessential Bed and breakfast. Mm. Like we wanted the 
the nice big house and like a nice couple running it and you come down and they make you breakfast every morning and like it could not have been more quintessential. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. Um, Glenn was our warm and convivial host. That is a Sopranos reference for any of the initiated out there. And just, I told him to his face because usually I say this about somebody and not to them. He was one of the most worldly, interesting people I have ever spoken to. Mm. Just like had a story about like, I've been there before kind it, of thing for everything. Not, never one upping, but like yeah. super well-traveled. He'd lived abroad for decades in different countries and everything. And just, just a wonderful quality human being. I was just going to say, I, I feel like I remember him saying 30, 35 years abroad mm. living throughout, um, different countries in Asia. Um, Europe. Europe. Oh. Yeah, he said he hasn't lived in South America or Latin America yet. Yeah, that's so. true. So not technically all over, but way more than the average person. So uh, cheers to Glenn. And here's the New England IPA from Mutation. Okay, so there were some IPAs we had in New Hampshire that were on par with this. Because this, this is pretty good. It's very drinkable. Yeah, once again, I'll, I'll say it's drinkable again. Um probably not going to be my favorite but it's very it's good drinkable is like it's a very high compliment but also like with a new england ipa i think i want a little bit more pops well here's the other thing it should be drinkable for six percent yeah it's it's really impressive whenever you make a super high abv ipa that was a lot for me to focus on <laughs> and 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 you can still say that it's drinkable so i do think it's a good beer and a good ipa but you know it's it should be. So this is this is a solid beer. Tara, do you have anything to add? Nope. Just wrapping up that day. We I think we got in a little bit later. So Glenn was amazing. He was talking to us about all sorts of awesome stuff. And then he sent us off on our way to get some dinner. Um, and that is where we discovered. I think we were kind of tired from the traveling and all that. And so in town, there was a brewery called White Mountain Brewing Company. Or White Mountain Brewing. And... This place reminded me of walking into like a hunting camp in the like where I'm from, where my my where my male family members go and hunt. It reminded me of like that kind of atmosphere, very homey, off the beaten path. I literally thought it was closed because it was down some, it was down this little like road, like a one way road or or a dead end, and I didn't see it at the end of the road. And so I was like, oh shit, I don't see any lights on anywhere on the on the main road. And I'm like, oh, it's closed. So I turned around. And then I saw like that little alley, not alley, but I went down it and we saw this little place and I'm like, okay, they're open. There's cars back here. There's people. <laughs> and I will say they had, I think their kitchen was only open to like 8 PM and I got a $7 bowl of chili and it was one of the best things I had Oh, on, I you were on this me. whole trip. It was one of the best terrible. things I had. It was amazing. It was not supposed to be. You know, like, it's a very humble, tiny little place. No, it was his recipe. But it was like, you know, a $7 bowl of chili at a brewery that they had some food, mm -hmm. you know? And it was, the, the chili was great. And I got uh, something that I would have gotten nonstop of, you know, a decade ago, but really haven't gotten much nowadays. I got a buffalo chicken wrap. Mm. And it was so satisfying and good and cheap. And <laughs> anyways, we had, we had two Kolsch's there. Great place. I, I actually didn't. It, it was so small that I almost didn't want him to be like, oh, who the fuck is this yuppie with this dumb podcast? Like, I was 
I, I just wanted to like soak in the atmosphere and how off the beaten path it was. The people were so friendly. Of course, when we walked in, they're like, wow, who are these people? You know, like we stood <laughs> out like a sore thumb. But it was uh, just a wonderful experience. And um, af- after that, we called that night pretty early. And uh, But I, I didn't finish it. We had two Kolsch's. They were both great. And we also had the Leaf Pipa Brown Ale. Yeah. But all White Mountain Brewing... It was the it was our introduction to solid New Hampshire beer. Really enjoyed that. Um, got up, had breakfast the next day, and uh, we had a half day of work, and that was really annoying. We wrapped that shit up, and then we had there, there's also a wine hour at the B and B, five to six. You just go down and talk to everybody, have wine, all included. Oh my just god, such a wonderful experience. That was I great. Love that kind of shit. Yes, Airbnb is dead. Regular B and Bs are in. <laughs> B and B regular OG B and B is back. They should make an app, OGB&B. Yes. Well, seriously, I was telling Alex, I was like, for the price of a hotel, I was like, this place serve, it serves you a breakfast. You have a large room that has unique qualities to it. And this one had a wine hour. And I'm like, oh my God, like you get an Airbnb nowadays and there's all these horror stories of people doing like all these chores and shit. And I think Airbnb is going to have a rude awakening. Um, they already are. So, they yeah. actually are having trouble, especially the prices are totally unreasonable. It's kind of like Uber and Lyft. Like I used to use it all the time and I'm like, well, this, this is no longer affordable. Yeah. So um, anyways, we went to, there's another weird thing that we learned from Glenn. There's this one guy from New Hampshire. His name is Alex something. And he like owns everything. And I say that facetiously, but um, very interesting person. But he explained to us that apparently this Alec had a revelation in the 80s that people in the future, long term, would be sick of chain restaurants. So this guy was very prescient in that regard. And he opened up and maintains and owns a ton of restaurants in this area. They're all under the the main brand of, it's called The Common Man. That's like his flagship restaurant. But even though I like his idea, he doesn't hide it well enough. Is he like, so he's kind of like a Ford Fry? Or, I don't Yeah, know. Ford Fry. I think that's his name. I don't know that name, but you you would know. I mean, that's... Atlanta, mean, Atlanta chain, or not chain, Atlanta owner of like individual restaurants. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There are people here in Atlanta like that. Like uh, the same guy owns... Um, Fritty and uh, Nova Cucina. No, shit, not Nova Cucina. Um, Soto Soto. And I think another one. I can't remember. But anyways, what, the only thing that I didn't like is I felt like I kept getting duped. Because would, I would check out the restaurants and I'd be like, oh, this place looks cool. And then I would go to the website to look at the menu and or like call them to see what the weight was. And it would all, they would all take me to theseaman.com. And I was like, damn it, he got me again. <laughs> he didn't even have separate Squarespace website. So I was like, this is not expensive. But anyways, um, we went to dinner at a, a, a town one over called Meredith. Um, um, oh, and, and so Ford Fry owns uh, Little Ray, Beetle Cat, Marcel. You know, it, it's a bunch of restaurants that yes. aren't chains, but like everybody knows them in Atlanta. Gotcha. Well, Super Rica. Oh, oh, optimist. I, gotta, I still have. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's clutch. But see, those are so different, and all the ones you've named that I've been to are stellar, mm-hmm. and they're you know a lot of them aren't cheap. Here is my issue, and, and I'm done. I am done name dropping or mentioning anything because when it comes to the podcast, I like spreading positivity, and unless somebody is a real dickhead, like I'm. Actually, even then, I'm probably not going to say anything by, you know, like call out an establishment. But George, <laughs> I won't even I won't even say the, uh, the the restaurant that we went to. 
but it was it was expensive. I mean, we spent a hundred bucks, and I was incredibly unimpressed. <laughs> I I mean, to me, it was worth maybe half that. And I was like, what I can get in Atlanta for a hundred dollars? I was like, this is. It was actually one of the most disappointing meals I've had in oh. in relation to what I paid for it. Kind of like the thing at the. Uh, at the top of the CN Tower in Ontario, that meals. That was the Toronto. worst duck I've ever had <laughs> in my life. Let's not get too far off the beaten path. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of want you to call them out because all the people that you've appreciated and said, they can be like, nah. I'll let you. I'll let you. It was. It was a. It was a Seaman restaurant in Meredith. Okay, that's pretty specific. If somebody wants to do homework on it. It was not bad. It was just like there was a wait. It was expensive. And my God, was I not impressed. Yeah. So for the wait, so it's, that was another thing. And maybe it was because we went up in like the height of busy season, which is fall, you know, because everyone's looking at the leaves and stuff. So he put our name on the list for this this establishment. And then we went to another one and just wanted to see like, Hey, can we sit at the bar? Maybe you have a shorter wait. They had an almost double the weight and no seats at the bar. So we're like, okay, what are we going to do to kill time? Cause there's really nothing open. And we found this, um, this is the next mm-hmm. shout out on the list. So we went up the road to twin barns brewing for the fastest draft beer drink ever mm-hmm. because Alex had us on a Self-proclaimed. list. Self-proclaimed? No, 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 no. Because we, so he had us on this list for getting in line um, for the table and he's like, oh, our table's going to be ready in like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, Even we got to go in. Said an hour. Yeah. I was like, we got to go in and chug this beer and go right back down to this restaurant. And so we walk in immediately, like struck up like this, the quickest conversation ever. Um, you know, and drank our beers and stuff. And so, Alex, I'll let you do the shout-outs because I'm you're the owner. Well, thank you. You certainly could you're have. The but owner. Uh, Chelsea, thank you. Um, I went in and I said, "We're we're just killing time. We got to get into a restaurant here in a little bit. We've got to slug a beer." I said, "Can you give us two interesting beers?" And I, I love when there's nothing more frustrating. Like I think that's a pretty simple request, and especially if you know your beer. And and I I always make it clear. I say I drink everything. Like, you're not going to give me something I don't like. And she was like, you want interesting? I said, yes. And she's like, all right, I got you. So she poured, I think you got an Oktoberfest, Tara. Yeah, because I'm boring. Not boring, just you know what you like. And she gave me, what do you know, another smoked beer. Mm. And it was like a smoked peach or something. And she said, uh, she said, some people can taste the peach, some can't. I couldn't really taste it. But all these smoked beers are savory and they taste like... Like a like almost like a Polish kielbasa or something. Whoa, they're delicious though. Not that intense. He's he's getting a little crazy. I, I like it's, the tasting note though. Okay, I, I'm gonna believe you him. You know how like you get <laughs> you know how you get like a fancy like a bourbon drink cocktail yeah. or something, and they say, oh yeah, it's got like a little smoke ball or some yeah. shit, and they literally take like an ice cube and put like that smoke in it. That's kind of the <clears throat> the smoke level that I would describe in these beers. It's very interesting. So anyways, thank you, Chelsea, for granting my wish there. That was fantastic. And then we, um, again, we slammed that, went back to the restaurant, had dinner. And um, we, yeah, that was the end of that night, I think. Next morning, uh, I had asked Tara. She's really good at, she knows what I like in terms of hiking and nature experiences and everything. 
And she's good at finding them. And because like, that's the one thing for some reason, I just don't feel like doing the research and I kind of delegate it to Tara. And we, I, all I said was, I want to go up to the White Mountain National Forest, which is like just a, amazingly, you know, a, a well-renowned and acclaimed national forest, tons of different paths and everything. And when she told me about the options we had, I, of course, had to go totally off the deep end. And I was like, I want to do the really crazy one. So there was one called the Bridal, what is it? So it's weird. If you look it up, there a lot of people call it a different thing. But on visitwhitemountains.com, which I would view as a pretty authoritative site, the old bridal path, which is, it's part of a loop that we did that is combined with that uh, falls path. What's the falls path, Tara? I can't remember. I don't know. And anyways, there's two legs of it, and they go up to, you You hike up to the first summit, and there are two summits after that. So you literally, there are three mountains that you get to the peak of, and they're all connected by this, like, Great Wall of China-looking path. It is the most beautiful, incredible thing ever. But, Tommy, it is 8.8 miles. It's The highest elevation is 5,260 feet, 20 feet shy of a mile. And the net elevation change from, like, where you start is 3,500 feet. Mm. Okay, so I'm, I'm on Google Maps right now looking at all this. So if anyone is in New Hampshire and wants to do this or wants to travel to New Hampshire and, and, and do this, we went to the old Bridal Path Trailhead. We took the Falling Waters Trailhead is the south horn of this loop first. The whole thing is horrible and sucks really, really bad <laughs> because it, it's very vertical. I mean, like Alex just said, it's it, the, the vertical gain. You're literally walking upstairs. So Blood Mountain Boulders. doesn't have shit compared to this. Like it, it is so much more treacherous. So the three peaks that Alex talks about, the first one we got to was Little Haystack Mountain. And you think that's high and you're like, oh yeah, wow, I've, I've done it. The next one's even higher. So you go down and then up even higher and that's Mount Lincoln. And you think at Mount Lincoln, for me personally, I really liked the view of that one because you could see like the view south was so gorgeous, like down into the hills, um, you know, going away from us. And at that one, you think, wow, oh my God, I've made it. The next one can't be that bad. It's just as bad, if not worse, because then you hit Mount Lafayette, which is the big one. Like that's the big high one. And Mount Lafayette, I think, is the halfway point because from Mount Lafayette, we start descending and it is a mile from the peak of that to this Greenleaf hut, which thank God they had one of those. It's like a little hut that you can go in and during like, I think the late spring, summer, and early fall months, like that kind of, you know, good weather, they operate like, you know, they have like a soup kitchen, bathrooms. Um, I think they have some bunks. Food? No, we didn't have cash. Mm. Um, and we, d- we really didn't want food because no, again, no. We, we didn't need anything, but again, so for me, um, one of the things is you can die doing this hike. Like, and so you have to be incredibly prepared. Like if you're going to go do this, we got blessed with a gorgeous, beautiful, sunny day, like pure sun, no rain, no snow, no. Yeah. And so at the peak on the peaks, those mountains, it's literally Alpine type Alpine Alpine zone. Yeah. Like there's nothing up there. And you have 30 mile an hour gusts on the day we were there. And the wind chill with the gusts is freezing. So, you know, we're sweating, you know, and then we put our jackets back on, um, and then we're in 
then we're freezing, we take our jackets off a little bit. And so the descent was almost just as treacherous as going up Mm -hmm. because he like twisted his knee somehow. And then like, you're just so fatigued and tired. And then like your knees again, going down for over three miles, like you're just destroying those joints. So we've been hobbling for like since Saturday. It's been, it's been, it's been a lot. Yeah. So you get to that first summit and then you look left and you still have a lot of mountain to climb to get to the other peaks. So it's, it's intimidating. Uh, It is not for the faint of heart. And I was very happy and and grateful for like how I did physically. I honestly, even though it was really insane and, and grueling and strenuous, there was no point when like I had to be like, you know, I, I got to take a break for a while. Tara was really sucking wind at a couple of parts going up at literally at the very top of Mount Lafayette. I got on, crawled on top of a boulder and I took these amazing pictures and then somewhat carelessly, I jumped down. This was not a big jump, three or four feet, mm-hmm. but I landed weird on my leg at a weird angle and I fucked my knee up and I was like, great timing. You literally have like four miles left at that point, mm-hmm. straight downhill. And uh, all the way down the mountain was pain. It's probably a good thing that you were walking on it though, just to keep the blood flow going. Maybe, and shit. maybe. But it, the whole thing was painful on the way down, and, and it was such bullshit because like Tara had trouble on the way up, and that injury fucked me on the way down. <laughs> so it could, we could have done better. Yeah, we could have. And, and one thing I will say, so definitely go and do this. Like uh, go with some friends. It's really, really fun. If you have a dog. Uh, hopefully it's a small dog. You need to just pick it up when you need to, because having a big dog on this trail, um, it, it seems like a lot because there are very sheer, um, points of the trail, especially when you're descending that, um, I saw that there was one guy who had a dog and I felt so bad. The dog seemed maybe a little older and I'm like, just because they're a dog doesn't mean they're like invincible and can just motor through the outdoors. I mean, like they get freaking tired, their feet hurt them as well. Like if they're not used to hiking, like that animal is going to be fatigued. So definitely you can take a dog, but just be very aware of what you're taking with you. Um, and I would say also, if you are a non-professional trail runner who decides to gallop down a downslope where you have very fatigued people ahead of you, you're an asshole. I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it because some people just, people don't respect trail etiquette, especially, especially descending a mountain, especially like, I wouldn't say that I am a professional hiker at all. Like, I don't even know if that like nomenclature exists. It probably like trail running does like for certain activities and certain like events But, like, I know enough that, you know, to get out of the way of someone, I can hear someone's footsteps approaching behind me. Like, I know, I can tell their pace is higher. Like, let them pass you. There were people just galloping down these these mountains. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I'm hurting. Like, I can feel my muscles starting to, like, ball up. And, like, I'm I'm obviously tired. He's injured, so he can't get out of the way as quickly. And, like, there's just people running. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you're going to kill not... Probably not, probably not yourself, but you're going to injure somebody else. So that's me. That my rant is over. They feel the Why same not? way about you guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the way. So um, yeah, l- last thought on the mountain. It's just it's. Uh, I failed to mention earlier. Like 20 minutes from the top, there is literally a sign that outlines what's left, and it says you have six miles left. Uh, if 
like do not underestimate the weather. Most people, you know, some people do, and they literally die because of it. The, the weather changes quickly. If light, you can literally die from lightning strikes, like if 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 a storm rolls in, and, and it it's just it's a treacherous mountain that wants to kill you. So plan accordingly, and like don't don't fool around with it because it actually is. It's a life-changing experience, but it's really intense. It's not for the pain of heart, as I mentioned. So anyways, finished that. That was great. Uh, wonderful experience. Our legs were broken. Um, and then... Broke both our legs. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead just to make it quick. We... not. I'm not even mentioning the town. We went to a 4.6 rated restaurant mm-hmm. with $3 signs. So it was even more expensive and more highly rated than the other one. And the food was even more disappointing. Oh 4.6... On Google is not amazing. I I am under the impression that if you have four point five to four point seven, your food is okay to good. Well, and that, I'm kind that of getting be, to that point. That might be a, a city thing for us because our our standards are really high. And when I say our, I mean all three of us here in Atlanta because Atlanta has a lot of faults that I don't like, but it has world class food. That is one thing I am not looking forward to eventually moving away from but i won't say anything about it but that that was maybe an even bigger disappointment because we spent more money and it was maybe as good especially after that hike (laughs) one i can't believe we made it like i can't believe because there was a point where we're like okay we made it to the first summit and i'm like i i reassessed and i'm like tara you ain't no bitch we're gonna do this we're gonna say we did it i gotta impress my husband wind yeah, I tried to hit a second wind, Tommy. I really tried. Um, so after the after that whole like physical feat and then having this meal, I was like, oh my God, this is so disappointing. Yeah, that sucks. But it's okay. So, we, well, we got up to our third and final breakfast at the B&B, which was wonderful, minus our, our broken bodies. Um, had our final conversation with Glenn, and he sent us on our way. He mentioned that we should, if, if we wanted to, we were going to Keene for the last night which is in Southwest New Hampshire and um, fairly well-known city as far as New Hampshire goes. And uh, he told us that we might want to stop by this old Shaker village, which um, it sh- I think the term Shaker came from Qua- basically Quakers who were so emphatic about their their worship and their religious beliefs that they were like shaking with happiness. What? So, really? Yeah, it's a very, very small Christian religious, like very pious sect. And at the height of their membership, which might have been late 19th century or early 20th, I can't remember, don't, don't quote me, they had 250 members. Huh. And Glenn said it might have had something to do with uh, their, uh, they had a tough sales pitch, uh, no intercourse. So <laughs> tough to gain members, tough to have members that way too. I'll pass. So Right. So... But we went there to check out this village. It's on permanent easement. There, there are no shakers left there, but they have all these buildings that they maintain and give tours of and stuff. And we saw a building, their main town hall in this little village that was built in 1792. Hmm. Finding that kind of old history in America, well, it doesn't get much older. Anything that starts than, with 17 is pretty wild. It, it truly is. So that was a really cool... I'm actually really glad that we went there. But on the way, I didn't even see this on Google. I saw a little sign on, on a street a couple miles from the Shaker Village by... This is Canterbury, New Hampshire. It was called... It said Canterbury Aleworks with an arrow pointing. And I was like, 
hmm. So once I got service again, I checked it out. And on the way to the village, I was like, Tara, we have to go here. Like they were rated really highly. It was either a 4.9 or a 4.8. And they had over 100 reviews. Yeah. And it was really cool because they're only open on Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 5. That's it. And that's when you guys were there? We were there at noon. So I literally told Tara, I was like, we have to kill an hour and we're going to this place. And they do like sea shanty singing. On Tuesday nights only. They do sea shanties for two hours. Like like songs you would hear on a pirate ship or like, uh, it's also very um, Irish themed. I think it's the predominant. I think it's English and Irish themed. Yeah. So we go there. It is in the middle of no, it's literally in the middle of the woods. Like you drive this long, windy, single road in the middle of nowhere to get to this brewery that appears out of nowhere in this really cool, old, rustic looking, it's not a barn, it's not a shanty either. It's just a really cool, old, like put together structure. (laughs) Yes. And it's on a beautiful area next to water. They grow their own hops and everything. And anyways, you, you take your own food and snacks. They just serve you beer. You can take whatever you want. And... Here's here's the big crazy thing. It's the coolest and best brewery I've ever been to in my life. Oh. Same. It changed my life. Tommy. Oh. We were sitting there. We should have let off the episode with this. The whole, <laughs> build up to it. The whole experience changed me as a person. <laughs> it did. Just, it seriously did. I was like, wow, my life has amounted to nothing. This is this is just. I don't know if it made me feel that way, but you know, it, it, I, I got a shout out. Uh, Eli was the guy working there, and he is the son of the owner and, and master brewer. His name is Steve. I didn't get to meet him, but Eli was was a pleasure to talk to. Really cool guy. He had Bo Burnham vibes, so he got uh, bonus points for me. But I just he he, he was certainly knowledgeable. We did. Um, they had they normally have sixteen beers on tap. They had fourteen. Two kegs were kicked. And as we were going through the, it was like a, it, I don't know if it was actual granite. It just looked like it might've been like, you know, cultured marble or something, but it was a really neat little circular flight where you had eight each. So we got two of those flights and doubled up on a single beer on those. And not only was it the coolest and best brewery experience of, of my life personally, some of the beers that we had, the, uh, they had a, a pumpkin, Belgian Saison and I asked him about it and I was like oh yeah most people who have pumpkin beers like we we talked to another one that uh, they just they had a Marzen with uh, pumpkin spice in it and and that's all it was and that's and I even said I was like there's nothing wrong with that and the guy interrupted me and he was like nah screw that he (laughs) said we have 20 pounds of pumpkin in this Mm. and I tasted it and it was it was unlike anything I've ever. It tasted like a juice as much as it did a beer, but it was seven point three percent. Oh, it wow. was one of the most delicious things I've ever had. And not to mention the fact that it was in the fall in New Hampshire, so that was just a, a transformative experience. There, what um, was this place called one more time? Something Aleworks, Canterbury Aleworks. Thank Canterbury. you for making me say that again, yeah. if I even said it at all. Um, they also had probably one of the best IPAs I've had, and oh I'm, God, I'm not yeah. like a massive IPA guy. Uh, that was the, uh, I IP, remember IPAs making a resurgence. It, I mean, it's they're coming back. It's especially the, it never went away. <laughs> no, they're coming back. They, they got unpopular with the true crafty, crafty boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Very true. And now they're back. These, these ones were incredible. They had two. There was the immense, intense fat alpha pH fat. And then there was also the, um, 
Ah, uh, hell. The Galaxus Maximus. And I am really ashamed. Galaxius. Galaxius Maximus. That was a uh, New England IPA. And the Fat Alpha was an Imperial India Pale Ale. And I can't remember which one I liked more. And I swear it was um, the Fat Alpha. But they, they, the, these beers that we had, so many of them just completely knocked my socks off. But um, they had a really good Bavarian Hefeweizen also called Valhalla, which oh. I love that name. I love it. And um, I think one of the most interesting ones that they had, and and possibly my favorite next to the pumpkin or tied with the pumpkin, was a dark Belgian wit beer called the Black and Wit. The all I can say about it is, it, it was like nothing I ever tasted, and it was a six point two. So so you guys looked for land right next to Canterbury. Yeah, Works. I should have just been like, well, how much is rent? Can I like live? I'll just <laughs> sleep next boat? to the, yeah. <laughs> Eli, thank you for such a special experience. He. It was just overall, everything about it was perfect. And the, a lot of the decor was like kind of kitschy and, and really fun inside with, with all that kind of theme. So we just, we had a great time and I can't give any higher praise in saying it was the best brewery I've been to for multiple reasons. So it is, if you, until you come to Joe's this weekend, that's right in Tampa, <laughs> whether you, whether you live in New Hampshire or not, it's worth going out of your way to go see, um, then we drove to Concord after that, just to get through to the end of this here. Um, we went. We drove to Concord, which is another fairly large city for New Hampshire. We went to Concord Craft Brewery and uh, had a couple flights there too. Again, I had I was only like just now trying to like come down from being drunk at uh, Canterbury, and then I had another flight to handle. But uh, it, yeah, it just dude, we did so much drinking. Their coffee ale at Concord was incredible, mm. that, especially for me because I needed it because I was driving and I was like, oh, okay, this is the il- illusion that I'm going to be getting a cup of coffee, but not really. They had a nitro coffee beer that was really good. It rivaled that Sam Adams one, and uh, there were two guys that we met that I have to shout out. Um, there was Fitz. That was the first. I didn't actually ask his name. I, I heard it later. I he was one of those guys. I I said I just want to. We're only going to get one flight, I think. And I said, just give me a, a mix. And I told him I drink everything. He did, and he did a good job. There were two IPAs in it, the coffee one, and two other things. It might have been a flight of five. And then um, his one of his uh, colleagues, Josh, came over. He saw our hats, and he was like, oh, do you have a podcast? And I was like, since you asked. <laughs> and we talked about it. And he was kind of, he was like jazzed and enthused about it and everything. I gave him the, the business card, let him know he'd be on 151. And then... Uh, yeah, I, I got to call out Fitzy because uh, uh, Josh, he was all like energized about it. And he was like, oh, you, you're going to be on a podcast. And he was like, just like sh- shook his head and shrugged his shoulders. I was like, all right, Fitzy, fine. Fuck you, Fitzy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it was um, very good beer. We didn't, I can't really speak too much to the town because we literally just popped through there and had those beers. But it looked cool and I hear good things about it. So Concord's probably worth your time if you're ever driving through there. And uh, I hear they got good grapes. <laughs> Concord grapes. <laughs> Concord grapes. Um, then we finished off our drive to Keene. Uh, we stayed at the Carriage Barn Inn, another nice B&B. Um, also very communal. More of a continental breakfast thing, not, not the one we were talking about earlier. And we went to Modest Man Brewing. And uh, we just met a delightful young lady named Amanda. And she, the place was actually pretty empty. Um, I, I don't know if there might have been a football game or some shit. It was also Sunday night. Yeah, that's right. It was Sunday night. 
Um, and she was just really, really great to talk to. They had some great beers. They were very heavy. Modest Man Brewing was heavy on sours and IPAs. That was, I mean, they had some other beers too, but they had multiple of each of those. And I had a, an 8% sour there that was like mango pineapple that, that was delicious. But by the time I was done with that, I was like, man, I'm, I'm really fucked up at, <laughs> at this point. Tired of the breweries. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just exhausted at that point, but great beer. Amanda was really cool. And uh, thank you for chatting with us for so long. Cause it, we must've talked to her for probably 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I think so. Um, yep. Again, yeah, an IPA. They had some really good IPAs, some double IPAs. that didn't even taste like double IPAs and yep. that's dangerous. Um, and then we were on a mission to find food. Yep. And we were on a mission to find food. She made a recommendation. Um, we, I had to go home, uh, take a shit, fill up my hydro flask and come back. And, uh, we went in and this place, they, we got, our, we got <laughs> carded, we sat down. It is a little bit of a quote college town cause they have Keene state college there. And I had the hydro flask on the table and the guy was like, uh, we don't allow outside food or beverages. And I was like, Oh, it, it's just water. I was like, I said, could I have a glass to pour some and show you like, it's just water. You can even smell it. He was like, no, I was like, that's fucked up. Like, it's I hope 20. you guys got up and left. I, oh yeah. Oh, immediately. Good. good. I, I hate him. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> guess what? There was a pub right around the corner and my money was green there. Yeah. And, and he, he, he said, took a sniff. He, he was, a, he was a super cool guy. He, I don't know if he owned it or what, but, um, he was like, well, yeah, you know, uh, typically we don't allow, but he was like, if it's just water. And I told him, I was like, I'm really weird about the water I drink. And cause he said, we have water inside. And I was like, it's special thing, whatever. I was like, I'm going you- to buy food from you. I, exactly. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. And, uh, I unscrewed it. He smelled it. I was like, you can take a sip if you want. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I'm a germaphobe. I was like, me too. But, uh, he, that was no problem. We went in. I think their kitchen might've even been closed, but he was like, I told him I really wanted food. He's like, no, nah, I'll make you something. He literally went behind the thing, made us a couple of burgers. They were three dollars each. Ooh. Not My Guinness was three dollars <laughs> as well. So we, it, we cash we only, <laughs> cash only bar. We we tipped maybe as much as we spent because it was insanely cheap and yeah. just really cool. It was a really cool divey um, like Irish pub. So love. We got to shout them out. Uh, Kilkenny, Kilkenny bar was. Just absolutely incredible. Final morning, woke up in the Joan Crawford room, which, by the way, apparently some of the furniture in there was owned by Joan Crawford, one of the most famous actresses of the who? early... Yeah, 1940s. <laughs> Second time I've dropped a who. Yeah, something like that. And um, we went to a couple coffee shops that were really awesome. They had cheap pour-overs because we're used to paying 6 $7 down here in Atlanta, and it was like three fifty. That was nice. Um, and I want to shout out the most well-run government building that I've ever been to in my life, which was Keene City Hall. Why? What was what was so well-run about it? So I saw signs that said public restrooms, City Hall, Monday through Friday, 8 to 4 p.m. And I'm thinking to myself, what ghastly experience am I going to have in there if, you know, like to be to be transparent, like if, if even a homeless person can walk in and use a bathroom, it's probably going to be pretty messed up. And this was as clean as our bathroom. <laughs> It was delightful. And I walked into the... Usually when I walk into a government building, I just want to kill myself. And it was like warm and welcoming and it wasn't busy. And they had their like tag office to the right, you know, I think to do stuff with your license. There was no line. I was like, you people have this shit figured out. And by the way, I think New Hampshire is like the second most fiscally responsible state in the country. Something like that. So 
Claire and I had to go to the tag office whenever we got our, uh, married in Tennessee mm-hmm. for the for our, at the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, the town was uh, right outside of fuck Pigeon uh, Forge. Pigeon Forge. Thank you, yeah, Tara. Nice. Clutch. Nice job. Uh, Pigeon Forge uh, Town Hall, and man, was that a uh, really clean too. Government nice. people get paid properly. For the most part. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure there are some people who would disagree. Like, I, I feel like postal workers probably don't get paid enough. I just saw one driving around at past 9 p.m. But, but they're probably required to keep up with inflation. That's true. I, which I, is much more than everybody else is getting. I can't possibly speak to any of that because I don't know how it works. All I know is Keene's City Hall has their shit figured out. And I was just floored by how well run that was. We were also approached by a man on the street who was wearing a hockey jersey. And I was like trying to help this lady who was from out of town, like, because she said, My phone doesn't work in this country. So I was like trying to give her instructions and everything. <laughs> and this guy comes up in the middle of me talking to this lady and he starts talking about this hockey player. And he was, and he was like saying that he was the greatest player of all, meaning the, the guy's jersey that he was wearing and saying that like Wayne Gretzky couldn't compare. And he was like, This guy has X championships. Literally, I was pretending he didn't exist, and he was just talking about this hockey player. In the middle of us talking to another person. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, we parted ways with the woman, and he walked away completely harmless. And I was like, that was the weirdest Strangers and Freaks GTA 5 encounter I've it ever had in my life. Kind of like the um, like, like the town crier, not talking about like a prophet, but didn't like want money. preaching hockey. I'm just like, what the hell? This is, this is good. Like, I'll take this. This is a chaotic, neutral experience. It was. That's a good description. Uh, we should have had this during the Mount Lafayette discussion. The third beer that we promised to finish off with, and thanks for sticking with us, you guys, is the Mile High Salute. Actually, I have a good follow-up while we take this last sip. So cheers, you guys. I feel like I'm supposed to be wowed by this beer because it's very weird. It's really weird it's in a so good way. Good. According to Chris at Mutation Brewing. Chicha Sour. Chicha Sour. C-H-I-C-H-A. I think, Whoa. I think some of their family, if I recall, and I'm so sorry if I get this wrong, I, I think some of his ancestry is from Peru. I like the lack of... Of an aftertaste. Yeah. And it's not hyper. Do you understand what I mean? It's not hyper either. I described it as a dry sour. Yeah. And I don't know how that works, but they have figured it out. And it's so delightful. They said, uh, when he was explaining this beer to me, he said something about purple corn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think. So that's definitely, you can, you can. Sorry for the lack of more, like expanding on that more, but he said purple corn. corn, And that's all I, I grasped. Anyways, um, the the final shout out of the podcast, uh, appropriately, because I said the mile high salute. Tara and I were separated on the airplane, which I really don't like. That freaks me the fuck out. Because like when I die on an airplane, I want to make sure I'm squeezing Tara's hand. Titties. Oh yes, that. <laughs> and uh, oh, thankfully she was. We were both middle seats. We were right uh, in front and behind each other. So at least she was close enough. So I'd be able to reach back and like you know break my arm between the seats, but. I sat down to a, uh, next to a lady, and I had my book, The Fluoride Deception, which uh, that's going to be a conversation for another time. I'm not, I'm not even that far into it, and it's already sending me up to the point of no return. I thought I was already there. Apparently not. And uh, she made the comment. She's like, oh, that looks like an interesting book in a tone that I recognized. And I was like, hmm. And 
We had what's the book called? The Fluoride Deception by oh, Christopher oh, Bryce. Okay. And uh, we exchanged a few words. And then once we got to 10,000 feet, she ordered a cocktail. And I might have said something like, yeah, help, that always helps take the edge off um, the like turbulence for me. A couple more things. And then we started talking. And uh, then we talked nonstop for two hours. Mm-hmm. And t- literally until we landed, like until we hit the tarmac. And I found out that she was one of us. And I was just, it was just really nice to talk to people like that because sometimes there are certain people who want to make you feel like you're alone and crazy. And you're, if you're listening and you know, I'm talking about you people, you're not alone. There's lots of people that think like you. So her her name was Tammy. Oh my God. I almost forgot. The way you said that about Tammy, when you said in a tone that I recognized, I thought she was going to be an asshole, but it sounds like she was Oh no, I wouldn't have talked to her and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been hostile either because yeah. I know how to be civil to people even if I don't like them, which a lot of people don't. But I was like, hmm. So I was like kind of feeling her out with a couple of little comments here and there and she did the same to me and we were like, all right, let, let's let's talk until we land. So it was just, that was a cool uh, little um, cherry at the end of the trip and then we got on Marta and wanted to blow our heads off as we always do when we get back to Atlanta. So oh God. that's the big New Hampshire download. Moving um, assholes rapidly through Atlanta. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we um, we went longer than expected. That's that's to be expected. This isn't too bad. Just over an hour. We got through three beer tastings. Thank you again, Mutation Brewing. Thank you, the state and people of New Hampshire, for exquisite beer and okay food. And Massachusetts as well. I mean, Boston yeah. is part of Massachusetts. Yeah. Thank you. The, the city is is a lot for me, but I'm I'm not criticizing Boston. It's it's another big city, and that's not what I'm trying to spend a whole ton of time in anymore nowadays. And it's very crazy to get around. Very, I mean, it's it's old as fuck. It's not yeah. like the infrastructure's been there forever, you know. Whereas as you go out west, you can see how things were developed very differently in different ways that make more sense. But you know, nobody could ever have anticipated. Where the states would go. Yep. So, on that note, cheers, Tommy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for having me. What the fuck? Pop my pussy. Pop my pussy. Uh, That's a lot.